Ryan Reese. This is Live with Ryan Reese. Call now, 1-888-564-6173. Or post your questions using the hashtag LiveRyanReese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Big plans. Steve Snook and I were just talking about how to take over the world for the gospel in an unorthodox way. So if you're listening, I'd like to thank you guys for tuning in. Um, today I have one of my good friends in studio, Steve Snook. How you doing, sir? I'm doing great, bro. Where, so where are you from? Santa Monica. And you're with, uh, is, what's the name of the church? Metro Church. Metro Church. So yeah. when did you, you start? Because you've been out there for a while. Yeah, 28 years ago, 1989. So we're going to talk about a lot of different things tonight. Okay. Because I know, dude, just talking to you at the pastor's conference, you have stories for days. But what I really want to hear is that, um, and I think it's important that the listeners hear, is the way uh, God got you into ministry and the evolution and everything he's been doing led by the Spirit to where you're at today. Because you're doing things different, but yet so effective. And I'm a firm believer of how can we reach this generation. And I feel like, well, I know for a fact that a lot of people, like kids and, you know, Gen Zs and millennials, they're not coming to church. We're losing them. Yeah. And statistics say that. And I believe there has to be a different way to, to reach this next generation. Teaching the Word of God, there's always going to be a place for church. But I believe there's going to, you know, you know how it says that we're all the churches, you know, there's, we're all the body of Christ. But there has to be different pieces to the church and different ways to do outreach to reach different groups of people. You know, I mean, you have uh, just the bottom line. If you want to reach the skateboard community, you're going to have to do it different. If you want to reach the hipster community, you got to do a little bit different. If you want to reach the, reach the metal community or the art community, whatever community you're trying to reach, there has to be a way to, to go in and infiltrate into those, to those areas, basically yeah. is what I'm saying. Anyone from all walks of life can come into church, but I'm saying if you want to go out and reach a certain group of people or a community— you know, you have to uh, you have to know who you're trying to reach, and let God speak to you and, and give you the vision and the ideas on how to do it. And that's why I have you here because I want you to talk and brag about all the cool things that God's doing in your life. Well, just to jump on what you just said, mm-hmm. doing something different, having to step out and go to an area and reach a, a people that maybe are different than than maybe you even understand fully. But God has already got the plan. So I think going back to Jesus as an example and thinking, all right, he's hanging out with publicans and sinners. So Jesus is getting a reputation that this is the guy that hangs out with sinners. And he hangs out even with prostitutes. And he touches people that no one else touches. And he's hanging out with women. And he's liberating these people that have been oppressed. So to look at any of those communities that you just mentioned and say, let's just bring Jesus without anything else into that, then you realize he, he will hang out with those people and he will meet them where they are. But are we willing to have a reputation that he hangs out with sinners? You just took the thought right out of my mind. Literally, that's what I was going to ask you. Is like, I think a lot of people get scared because they're scared that they're going to be affiliated or look, it's going to look a certain way and they don't want to be judged or get a bad name. But here Jesus is. He hung out with this group of people, and he didn't care. Yeah. I mean, one of the, one of the amazing stories I 
I love about uh, Jesus is that when he goes and talks to that girl at the well, the Samaritan woman. Now, there's no guys. All the disciples are gone. Yeah. He goes up and talks to this woman. The disciples come back, and they were tripping. They're like, what's Jesus doing talking to this girl? She's a Samaritan, number one. And then he's just hanging out here. But God, Jesus went out of his way. I think I don't know how many, how many hundreds of miles out of his way to go reach this girl because it was totally out of the way to where he was going. Yeah. But yet he cared that much about this woman. And she was like, she, she's been married several times and she was living with a guy. I mean, she was pretty much, you know, a sinner. Yeah. And yet here Jesus is, didn't care about his reputation or anything. And uh, he went and loved on her and, and, and led her to the Lord. 100%. Yeah. So well, and he knew, he knew her story. Yep. And he shows her that love. And the whole idea of, you know, could you give me a drink? Even asking her for something. And then starts talking about living water. So I think to come at people differently is to, to meet them where they are. Yeah. I mean, how do you bring them over to where you are? I mean, so when you think of those stories of Jesus with tax collectors, I mean, hated. Nobody wanted to hang out with them. They were, they'd been pushed aside. And yet someone like Zacchaeus, hey, I'm, I'm coming to your house for dinner. Well, you know, people are going to say, what do you mean you're going to his house for dinner? So for us to be willing to be with those people, but yet set apart, distinct, something different about us, where they, they see the way we live and they see the way we love and they realize, well, wait, this is, this is not what I seem to align with even Christianity or uh, some religious practices, but that's what Jesus is. And I think he's still wanting to do that work. 100%. No compromise. Don't go and compromise go. To, to get in with them. Stay who you are. Be filled with, with the Holy Spirit and um, just break bread with him and, and continue relationship. But it always goes back to Jesus. Like, that's what he did. He broke bread and he had a relationship. He didn't compromise. And that's how he started those relationships. And we need to, I believe more than ever right now, we need to do that. And I think a lot of people are shocked when the fact that you are hanging out with them. Because they think, of, oh, if you're a Christian, why, why are you here? Why are you hanging out with us? Don't you know who we are? Yeah. You know? But... um no, we need to just love. I love that verse. Uh, love covers a multitude of sins. Yeah. Just love them to death. Jesus Christ loved them That's to right. death. He went to the cross yeah. and died for them. When I think sometimes we, we start at the wrong place. Mm-hmm. Is we just start at this place like you're a sinner and we're going to focus in on how far you've fallen. And we don't go back to, to the beginning, which is made in the image of God and fallen from that place and can be reconciled and understanding a, a God that loves them. So we, we're really good at telling stories like the prodigal son, but we kind of forget that, you know, in that story, I mean, this is, this is a relationship. Some choices were made, kind of went down a different path, but a, a loving father is always waiting and just, just looking every day and waiting. And, and when the son comes home, you know, the way he's going to be treated and for us to, to be able to put ourselves in that place. I think sometimes we don't want to put ourselves like a parent thinking that our kids have just kind of lost their way and, and where our hearts could just stay in that place no matter who we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just love them. Love them and start the relationship. And then once, they, once people know that you're genuine, then all those conversations will come up. Yeah. But just coming out of the gate, like, hey, you're a sinner, you need Jesus. It's like, yo, chill out. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people that I'm, I hang out with and people that a lot of my friends that I love and I, I want to lead to the Lord or, or not, you know, or introduce them to the Lord because God does the work. But, you know, it's been a couple of years and I'm just there loving on them. I'm sticking to who I am and they know it and I just love them. And, and, and when the time comes, it will happen. I don't need to just close the deal. 
That's right. Or try to close the deal. It's not. I think a lot of people get too excited and they feel like, okay, I, I'm hit with them this second. I got to close the deal and I got to just take them the cross. Let them know they're senators. And if they don't repent, you know, yeah. that's that. It's like, it's not about closing the deal. It's about relationship, and then that will lead to trust and. Um, you know, and then introducing them to Jesus. So, okay, so you were a pastor of a church for a long time, like, you know, a typical church. Yeah. And then how did, well, because your ministry, it's been transforming over the years. Tell us, tell us about that. All right. So I was this, this kid that went to business school. Mm -hmm. So I was being trained up in that, going to work for an investment firm. That was 35 years ago. And and I had, I got sick for 10 days and uh, doctors can't find out what's up. And I, in the middle of that, I have this encounter really with God and really speaking to me that, hey, you could continue down this path, but I've got a calling. I got a higher calling for you and you need to kind of make a choice. So at that point I said, well, I'm making that choice. But I knew over the next few years that, that what he was, what was happening to me was this calling was to do something different. And I knew it was a calling to ministry, but my my dad was a pastor. My grandfather's a pastor. I come from this generations, but that's that is not what I was going to do. You were running from that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I understand. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so being in that place to say, all right, well, what what does different look like? Knowing that what I saw in my in my home, I saw parents who really loved God and who lived it out, and it worked. But when I would look into the life of the church and a lot of other people, I'd see the hypocrisy. And it, I didn't know if it really worked for them. So I, I just know that that was a struggle for me. But I thought if I were doing this, I would do some things differently. But being kind of an entrepreneur and um, a visionary in other ways, I was like, God, you got to give me a vision. Um, but during that time and without going into the whole story, my wife was in the fashion industry, downtown L.A., we started having all these events on the west side of Los Angeles. In the midst of that, started realizing how lost that part of town was. There's no churches, no ministries. It's just lost. What, and, what, what area is this? Is this like so Santa Monica, Santa. Venice, and even as you go out oh, to yeah. Malibu and uh-huh. the marina. And then you, as you move inland from there, you know, you've got Culver City. You've got Westwood. You've got West L.A., Century City, Beverly Hills. And so that whole area, it's just— yeah. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, there. So, so just knowing, but that was the mission field that my heart was beginning to break for, and we just began to pray that God would somehow raise up some churches and and send some people there. And then uh, at one point, felt like God said, "Yeah, I'm, I answered your prayer, and I'm, I want you to go." But it's not the place you want to go to plant a church. But I knew from the beginning this that's where we're going, and we're not to leave unless God told us and. And uh, so we started a church 28 years ago. And out of that, though, we started with a vision that God gave us, which was doing something different. And uh, doing something different was a vision that had coffee houses in it. Now, there was no coffee houses back then. There was no Starbucks. I mean, there was nothing. But I just know we saw these community churches that were in like these urban, you know, creative areas. And so we're like, okay. But I saw these, you know, like home groups at other places, and but they weren't just like in homes. They were in public places. They were in parks or at the beaches. And so I was getting a different picture of church. So it was like there was gatherings, but it was like maybe once a month or something. So that's the way we started. Let's just do it that way. But then we start slipping into this place because everyone said, well, we just want church on Sundays every Sunday. And they wanted a stage and an audience. And that wasn't the vision, but 
You know, you just do cooler church. You, so you say cooler music and you don't – we did, didn't want to put on a show. Yeah. You want to teach the word yeah. and be real and care for people. And, and God bless that. But in the same way, we that first coffee house we started in 1995 and, and got to see it, you know, really being blessed in Santa Monica. But it was just – it was on a street strip, you know, right there, busy little section of town. And it, it wasn't all about, you know, making it some Christian coffee house. Yeah. And it was just a coffee house. And so we tried to walk that out over the years and plant churches and and try to build through community that are – it's like in vi- the villages of West Los Angeles instead of trying to make it a place where people drive into and commute to. And so right. just trying to walk it out. So you started this coffee house and – now, how how are how is it functioning to reach people? You people are coming in, hanging out. Yeah, the workers are there. It's just conversation. So where happy. we are right now? Is that is, you want to talk about it, where we're at now? Yeah, is that where you're at now? No, no, oh. that, that was we had that for a number of years, but now so so Got where it. we are now yes. is a new coffee house. Right. Okay. okay. I got confused. So downtown Santa Monica, uh, right across the street from the old Google building. It's it's just right there where everything's happening. Three blocks from the promenade. You know. You, oh, you're right there. So All right. right there. Got it. So we got this cool building that if you just you drove up, you'd see Metropolis, and people say, "What's Metropolis?" And you begin to tell the story of of a coffee house, Metro Cafe or Metro Colab, which is a co-working space we have upstairs. Oh, cool. Or Metro Church. And they're like, church, huh? But they were not going to do church, but now that they've been in the cafe, something's kind of changed. So we got this really cool space that, uh, and you got inside a, a really cool mid-century modern kind of feel with an industrial element to it and you've got this outdoor courtyard this big courtyard in downtown santa monica that is just so cool that people just want to flock to it so basically if you went in during the day um during the week you would just see a bunch of people on their macs because people don't seem to use anything but a mac around there (laughs) you know but but you just that young techies you know the whole silicon beach which is what santa monica the west side is known for now right so it's just a younger crowd 20s 30s something you know there's a lot of even the big companies snapchat is in santa monica now moved over from venice and so you got a lot of people aren't working their offices but they're just working out there and so they're getting coffee but they're coming for coffee and fast wi-fi and they're staying because of something more that they can't explain they use words like vibe or uh, you know, this energy. Yeah, I was just going to say the energy, the vibe. I don't know. There's something about this coffee house. But we know what that yeah, is. But it's turned into something more. And so out of that, these conversations, every day I'm blown away with, with just what's happening in the lives of these people who are letting us into their lives. And so there's just people in and out. And, and we've got like this recovery group of these ladies one morning a week that are, are upstairs. And, and yet out of that, there's relationship because they're, they're just coming in from the world. But uh, yes, yeah, so you let them come in and do the recovery there. Yeah. Dude, that's amazing. So, that, so during the week, what, what does it look like during the week? Like, a, you know, it just, it just, you'd walk in and you'd think this is really great coffee, mm-hmm. uh, but it's not going to be like a Starbucks or coffee yeah. bean or something like that. You know, it's third wave, maybe f- moving on to fourth wave here, but it's, it's just going to be done well. But there's something different, even about the baristas that yeah. you realize, wait, there's, there's something authentic. There's something real. They, it's this love. They care so deeply about the people. Um, 
even as we've gotten a lot of attention lately, media attention the last month or so, people don't know what to do with it. Even CNN, which is one of the people that, that we did an interview with, they were reading the Yelp reviews, reading Google reviews and said, we don't think this is real. Because they said, and so we decided to send the film crew down and we want to see if this is really real because they, these people talk about this place that's not just about the coffee and it's not about just customer service and it's not about just location or, how, you know. Yeah. They, they say there's just something different. And so. Dude, that's amazing. But that's. The, now, that's you were saying God. something about like donations or something. Oh, yeah. What, what, what is that? So that's where we got all the attentions because it's a, we got a donation-based model uh-huh. that we're operating with now. We started realizing there was a number of things that brought us to this place but for the last like uh, six months now yeah we we went with a model that said when people come in and they order their coffee they realize um there's no prices so then the guys will say so what do you want to pay for that and they're like what do you mean so well you know we're a donation based model we're operating with we're a nonprofit, and we want to put it back into the community but and then they start asking questions well tell me more about this so what we found out, and we just believed in the yeah. beginning that this yep. was going to work because when God gets behind something, you know, you just, you, you see yeah. and, and you, you begin to watch how it works. I'm getting pumped right now. I'm telling you. <laughs> so what, you know, right next door, we've got a 13-story senior building. Okay. And these people, they said, we love your coffee and we love being here, but we can't pay even three bucks for drip coffee. Okay. So we said, could you pay a buck? So out of that, we, we built the relationships and we want them to come in because we want these these old timers hanging out with some of these young guys. Yeah. We want we want true community to be built right there in that corner. But we also, you know, we got a huge homeless community, and LA's the homeless capital of the world. It's getting big. Yeah, yep. and, I, and I lot love being down at the beach where we are. So, so with that in mind, how do we build relationships there? And even how are you going to bounce us out when people find out that we're donation based? But. You know, if you just tuned in, uh, you're listening to Live with Ryan Reese. I have one of my good friends, Steve Snook, in studio. He's talking about his coffee house, Metro Cafe, ca- Metro Cafe, Metro Church, Metropolis. A lot of different things happening. Uh, it's it's a, an amazing uh, thing they got going on in Santa Monica, and it's reaching the community. And I just want to keep hearing more about this thing. So, tell me a little bit more about what you were saying. Well, you know, where when you step out. And do something different. Yeah. You, you just got to you gotta trust, and there's going to be some risk. But you got to know that uh, that God really is he's moving you to do something. Because I know that there are people that are listening that are some young dreamers, and they're thinking big, and they're thinking, but how could I ever do this? But they got to kind of put themselves in a place, kind of like a David, thinking that uh, I, I don't know how to do all these other things, but I do know how to use a sling. Yeah. And I do know that if there's someone trying to stand against what— against me or against what God's trying to do, that, that uh, God could use me maybe to take a stand in that same way. So for us to realize if you want to reach a community, you're going to have to be infused into the community. For us to believe that if you're going to say we love our neighbors, we're going to have to love our neighborhood, and we're going to have to show them we can't talk about it, and we can't just say, hey, our doors are open on a Sunday. Why don't you come in? Because that's they're, they're not coming in, and especially a lot of the younger people. Yeah. But they're coming in every day to get coffee. And so for us to realize that that's where it starts. You know, so some of those, I'll give you a quick story. It was yeah, about a year, please. year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I was there a lot of times early in the mornings, and a lot of people come early just to grab some coffee and go. Right. We started having these conversations with some of the young um, 
baristas. My actually, my oldest son manages our coffee house, so that's cool. And so I was hanging out with him sometimes early in the mornings, and he'd be talking to customers, and all of a sudden they'd be, we'd be in these conversations about being a man. And we, a lot of the young guys said, "Man, no one's taught me how to be a man. I don't know what it, I don't know what to do in relationships." Some of the guys were even, you know, in a place like newly married and saying, "I don't even, I don't have a clue." Even right. the thought of being a family. So. What that turned into is these talks in the mornings about being a man that has now turned into be a man talks on Monday nights. No. We're a group of guys <laughs> that are just customers sick. and guys that, that don't know who God is. They didn't, they have no idea really, but they just know that this is something they want to learn about. And so we went back and said, well, let's go into the book of, of Proverbs and let's see what Solomon, the advice he's given to his son. And so we started there. So now here we have these talks and you they mix it up and now they're hearing you know, this some good news. Yeah, in the that's amazing. So that's grassroots a, right there. Yeah. That is cool. Uh, give me another story. But uh, can you remember one off, offhand? Yeah. Well, you know, some of the stories is we realize sometimes there's ministry, yeah. something that that we're being asked to do that no one else really wants to do. Right. And I got to tell you, I although I'm a little bit older, <laughs> it's not that I'm looking for senior ministry, but in Santa Monica, right next door, are these seniors. We started hearing that a lot of the seniors, at the end of the month, they were running out of food. So we said, what could we do about that? So we just were like, well, let's do something. So we ended up partnering with this Westside Food Bank, and we started something called our Neighbor's Pantry. And so we said, we're going to invite you to come over and have coffee with us and pastries, and when you leave, we're going to send you away with some groceries. So we've been doing that now for like a year, and we get to hang out with all these seniors. And now I find myself... Just I don't I, I just want to sit out there in the courtyard and have coffee with them and hear their stories. But now we're starting to find out that uh, you know what's behind their stories. Yeah. And a lot of them they're just they're not ready to to die. Yeah. They're definitely not ready for eternity. So out of that are these conversations of real people that are real neighbors that say their kids are too busy to even come visit them. Some of them just feel like they're just so lost. So. So we realize, wait, we can give them some groceries, but that's not what they're wanting. It's yeah. so much more. And so, you know, but in the same way, you might have some celebrities walking through. Right. And, and they feel safe and they realize they're not going to be bombarded. And so Santa Monica is a diverse place. Very diverse. Yeah. But it's a, it's a cool place for us. And it's a place where we've been called to be. 100%. That's amazing. So you guys are doing, when do you guys do church? We do church, I mean, Sunday, and we do it right there. Like, we decided, yeah, so is it in the coffee shop? Yeah, is it upstairs? coffee shop. It also will do it out in the courtyard. We okay. just realized we're not going to set it up, even where it looks like church. It just looks yeah. like a big coffee, like a big living room. Yeah. And it's just like, let's just talk. That's amazing. And there's some things that we realized to do things different means that uh, some people aren't going to like it, yep. especially people that want to do church a certain way. Yep. But uh I mean, the marathon was a few weeks ago. The LA Marathon ends in Santa Monica. So we said, listen, let's just throw a big party here. Let's keep the, the cafe open on Sunday, and let's invite them in. And people were coming in that were, you know, family members to go see their, you know, their, their family uh, finish the race or the people that are coming back because we're right there. But people come in and getting coffee. And then at some point we said, hey, listen, we're, we're – we're going to be talking over here, a story of Samson, if you guys want, you want to listen in. And then we just told the story, and people just started listening in. And so we just realized, okay, that's, you know, we're not going to have worship. We're just kind of telling a story. And next right. thing you know, people are involved in the story. But I thought, that's what Jesus did. 
Do I was just gonna ask him like, so you, like, do you do worship? Because then that would kind of change the whole vibe instead of just getting up and just start telling the story. That is yeah. exactly what Jesus would do. Yeah. Well, sometimes I think we are so used to this is, you know, we got 20 minutes of this, you got five minutes of that, yeah, then you the got 35 minutes and that structure. And you think, all right, would we be willing to lay some of that down and asking the question? So what's Sunday? Who's Sunday morning for right now for us? Is this, is it the equipping place? Is it so we can find some deep place of worship? Is it place where the body comes together or is right now, is it supposed to be a, an open door to our community to come in? Because the truth is, this year, more specifically, I think all those seeds that have been planted, you talked about that earlier, you know, you don't just have to close the deal, but you, you start planting some seeds, you do a little watering. Yep. So almost every week you start now, we've been seeing these customers showing up on a Sunday. And, and there it is. And there it is. But we start realizing for some of them, it's a little too much. Yeah. They're maybe saying, wait, that, and I get to talk to them even after. But, you know, they're coming from a more new age perspective. Yeah. You know, if they're locals, they've never even heard the gospel, to be honest with you. If they grew up on the west side of Los Angeles, no, I they, they just don't know. So they have a new spirituality. They're into the whole, you know, the new Buddhism and, and just the spirituality that is kind of a mixed, you know, Hinduism and the yoga culture. It's all mixed. And the, you know what? We're going to be going to break here in a couple minutes. But when we come back, I would like to definitely talk about uh, what are what religions are people into up there, yeah. and kind of dive into a couple stories because I've seen that a lot of the the crystals is back. Um, I don't know if they're back, but they're here. Yeah. Um, the placing of the crystals. I've seen a lot of like the new age. It's all it's all manufactured and packaged a little bit different. But um, you know Hinduism and and all the, people are like looking for love and yeah. that whole. That whole thing. I was I was actually meeting with a one, a guy from the DEA uh, recently, a couple of weeks ago, and he um, we were talking about what's going on with the drug problems and just like all of society. And he goes, "Well, here at the DEA, he's like, we say that the '60s are back." Yeah. And when I started thinking about that, I go, "You know what? It's so true." Because you look, we're in war. You know, it's free sex. Free. Everyone's looking for love. The drugs are more than ever, purer yeah. than ever. Woodstock didn't go anywhere. Well, Woodstock, the name might have went somewhere, but you I mean they have Burning Man. You got uh, EDC. You got the EDC. Yeah. You got you know all the different um, you know Coachella. You got all these yeah. things, and that's what people are doing. They're just doing these drugs yeah. at these these events. It's the exact same stuff that's happening back then. I know you were, you were part of the hippie movement, right? Or or you came? Uh, no, you came later. I was a little bit after. Yeah, yeah you were young. You were you're a little yeah. bit younger. But um, yeah, so it's. It's basically that's that's what's going on right now, which is so interesting because, you know, the youth and everyone was just out of it, and then God decided to pour out His Spirit. There you go. And so interesting is I just, I just know in my heart that there's a we're seeing the birth pains of a revival as we're going to the high schools. I mean, you know, when you go to when you're going to we did sixty high schools this year, and I think over the last two years we've been in front of like twenty. 3,000 students and 17,000 students have given their life to the Lord, wow. confessed and, you know, said the prayer. Wow. And uh, then we plug them into the Bible club. But I don't know what revival looks like, but that has to probably be birth pains of a revival. That's right. Because when you're going to high schools and you're seeing hundreds of kids get saved at every single stop, like that's, that's not, I don't know. I don't think that's normal. I think that's something's going on here. I think God's like moving and shaking. And when we start looking at the pulse of culture and what's going on with kids, like, they're hungry. They've never heard the gospel. Yeah. 
this is their first time hearing the gospel. Like you're saying in L.A., well, every every kid that we go to these high schools, they never heard about Jesus Christ crucified, dying on the cross. They don't they don't know what it is. So the harvest is ripe. This is like perfect timing. Yeah. It's just it's just great. So even it's awesome even with you out there meeting these people on common ground and just developing that relationship and then introducing them to eternal life and and Jesus Christ. It's just it's just amazing. So we're we're gonna go to break in another minute, but I want to plug a couple things. I do have Steve Snook in studio. He's up there at Metropolitan. Uh, it's a it's a coffee house. Uh, they do church. They do a lot of amazing things up in Santa Monica by the Promenade. But um, if you want to catch other shows that uh, we've done, you can go to my website, ryan-reese.com. We have like over two and a half years of past shows with all different artists from musicians to actors to pastors to missionaries to taking calls. It's all labeled up there, whatever subjects we're talking about. So you could tune in, maybe send it to a friend that needs a, to hear a good word and the whosoever's. We go to public high schools. That's what we do. If you want to, you know, first of all, pray for us. Uh, second of all, invite us <laughs> to come out to your school. Uh, or if you know, um, we, we go to middle schools, we go to high schools, and we'll pretty much go anywhere in the world at this point. We've opened it up to, we're going to Brazil, we're going to Australia, we're touring the whole nation this year. So we will come to you guys, just invite us, pray that God will open the doors. We are seeing God move in schools all around the world, like wherever we go in the world, it's happening. It's not just California or it's not just America. It's happening around the world. God is moving. And um, we would love to come out and partner with you guys for that. And if you guys, you know, if you're interested in getting any of our product, go to the whosoevers.com. We got some sick t-shirts, tie-dye socks, you know, stickers, fun stuff like that. But uh, we'll see you guys in two minutes right after the break. More live with Ryan Race coming up. Everything all right? Sure. Call now, 1-888-564-6173. Or post your questions using the hashtag LiveRyanReese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Uh, I think I speak for the entire administration when I say... Whoop-de-doo. Now, back to Live with Ryan Reese. Don't say what I warn you. Again, I've been so excited to get my friend Steve Snook down here from Metro Church up in Santa Monica. He thinks different. He's doing things different. He's going in to a community in Santa Monica. He started a a coffee house. And uh, just from talking to people, developing a relationship, they do church service there. But it's a lot different than just a normal church service. They don't have the worship and the whole thing. They'll be out in their patio. They'll have people around, and they'll start telling different Jesus stories. They even have a men's group uh, or it's, uh, how to be a man on Monday nights. It's just a lot of cool things, just meeting people on common ground and developing that relationship. And then Jesus comes out, and the seeds are being planted, and God waters them and grows them, and it's just amazing. So thank you for, for being back on the show. Right before the break, we were talking about um, you know, about uh, what what religions and what you're seeing up there in, in uh, West L.A., like in Santa Monica, what are people into? Because we know New Age is back big time. Yeah. We know, you know, atheism is at all, you know, all-time high, secularism. And um, what, what are you seeing up there in you your know, neighborhood? Hearing a lot of the stories, you were talking about that, that era of the 60s and yeah. where the Jesus movement came from. Mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of the stories myself about those days where, you know, God did something that, the church couldn't do, that no one else could do, but he did something. But I've also heard the stories of people that were driving into like Santa Monica back in the 60s so they could meet the swamis and 
and all the yogis and there there was the whole beginning of the whole new age movement that of bringing together you know the new buddhism and bringing together some hinduism bringing some of the the tantric type you know the more extreme the kundalini yoga and things that are like way out there but what was happening back then is just the roots were, be, were, were beginning to go down pretty deep. Right. Well, now they're established. So where we are in Santa Monica, the west side, is, is very much like the yoga capital. So the mindset is, is in a place that is very much pagan. And so even the idea of, of Christian values don't seem to fit. Right. So what's happened is I think that they've tried everything. Now, they've never even really heard the gospel, so they haven't tried Jesus. But the ones who maybe came, you know, to L.A. years ago to be something are, are many times the ones running from something or running away from something, and, and many times that was the church. Right. But, but that was a distorted image of Christ. So I think a lot of people have just kind of stepped over Jesus and tried all these other things. Or Christians that feel like that it didn't work for them, so they say, I'm going to hold on to kind of a Jesus, but I want some other spirits. And I tell you, it's almost like the stories you read in the Old Testament where they say, well, we're going to bow down to God, but we're going to bring some other idols in and kind of uh, in, enjoy what we can get out of that. And I think that that's a big part of what's happening where we are. And so I think that it's not working. So I think it opens a door. I really think that uh, the harvest is white. And I think people are ready for, for Jesus without all the trimmings, without not just as a supplement, but like, like at the core and to see the love and, and to see who he is. And so, but what, what I find all the time is, is that if someone's, you know, needing help, uh, if they got an addiction, they do AA and they try to find who their higher power is. Right. But I think most of them have no idea who their higher power is. They're just trying to work a little bit harder and build a community around them that will support them through that process. But other people are saying, well, I'm going to try something else. And that's where they open themselves up to other spirits. Right. And that's the, been intense. And we, that's been a big part of our ministry is realizing that when Jesus dealt with demons, it was mm -hmm. real. And I think sometimes in the church today, we really don't want to go there, but that's a lot of what Jesus did. And that's, that's something so we've you, had to deal with. So is it safe to say you come across a lot of demonic stuff up in your uh, your area? Oh yeah, a lot, almost every day. Tell tell us tell us some stories. Not because long people ago. don't believe. You know, it's interesting. Yeah. Before you get into it, yeah, a lot of people even in the church that don't even believe that this stuff is real. Yeah, um, I've I've seen a in a rehab a, a girl manifest speaking in different languages. We prayed. She, you know, the demon came out of her. Um, I counsel with a lot of high school and middle school students, and I cannot tell you how many high school and middle school students have seen demons or black shadows shown up in the room or have been like, have had them in their room. And they'll tell me, like, it's more than I've, than I can even believe. Like, cause I'm like, oh yeah, you know, don't talk about this stuff with the kids. But what's going on is that Ouija board movie came out. It was called Ouija, and it pushed that whole Ouija board thing. Like, the Ouija board had a huge comeback like a year ago. Yeah. And then the angel cards down, which are the tarot cards, but there's a different name for them. So all, all, that, all that stuff is just opening up doors, and the drugs and all that are pure than, more pure than ever, and everyone's smoking the stuff and doing the drugs, and it's just literally opening the doorways to these kids that yeah. are having, uh, you know, or just, I don't even want to say kids, people yeah. that are having these encounters. Like, I believe that, like, Satan knows that Jesus is coming soon. Yeah. 
So he's just working double time. He, he's just revealing himself. He doesn't even care anymore. Yeah. You know? So now, now yeah. I'm just touring all over the place, but now here you are in the heart of LA. Tell us about some stories okay. there. Well, let's just, if we start from this foundation, I think yeah. we all could agree that they're like two kingdoms, right? Yep. You got a kingdom of light. You got a kingdom of darkness. Right. So we, we acknowledge, we watch what Hollywood puts out, and you say there's a lot of darkness there. Mm -hmm. And we've seen darkness in people. Some of us, we see that darkness in ourselves. Some of us have been in that place. Yep. I mean, for many, many years, you know, I've, I've been seeing it up close and very personal. So I realized I got to just go back to the Word of God. I just got to go back and say, what did Jesus do? Right. And he says, this is what I came to do. I came to open these blind eyes. I, I, these people with these broken hearts, I came to heal them. I came to set captives free. People that are downtrodden and oppressed, I came to free them from that prison. So for us to realize people are in bondage. And so we see addiction and we say, all right, we know that's happening there, but, but what's really behind it? So we say, well, is there darkness behind it? Well, you know, yes, but but how do you identify it? So I'll use it, uh, an example of maybe pretty graphic this past year. Um, we're having a prayer meeting because we've learned you, we can't even do church <laughs> to do what we're supposed to do unless we're really serious about prayer because we need God working, not just us doing the work. Right. So we're having a prayer meeting, and we come to the end of this, and all of a sudden there is this this front door, this big giant glass door, it sounds like it's going to break in, and there's a guy hitting it. I mean, and it's, it freaks people out. So then the, this other doors are open, but there's a gate out in front, and that gate is locked because people were coming in from the back, all right? Mm -hmm. So this guy walks over there, and he is growling, and all of a sudden he is speaking with another language that is not something he has learned, and then yet... He quiets down and he comes over to the gate and he says, I need help. I need help. And I realize the man is asking for help. Right. But that spirit or those a couple spirits that were in control yeah. were, were just freaking out. One's growling. One is speaking in this different language. And he's then saying, help me, help me. And so uh, one of the other guys is like a real warrior stood there with me. And we just stood in that place and said, listen, we want to help you. But you other spirits, you have to leave. You need to be quiet now. And all of a sudden, you, you realize that God is more powerful. And, yeah. and it just quiets. But then we step back in for a minute. And all of a sudden, this dude breaks the, the chains on the front, the lock on the front, and it busted open. And we're like, okay, but we just stood our ground. It gets up in our face. But realizing that in that moment, as you begin to proclaim the name of Jesus, right. you don't have to do anything more. And Jesus didn't use a lot of words when he was dealing with those evil spirits. And so I've had people multiple times say that I've been in the middle of the night and I feel like there's this presence, almost like something is laying on top of me yep. and I can't even breathe. I can't catch my breath and I didn't know what to do and I couldn't even say a word. But then I would say the name Jesus mm -hmm. and they were free. I mean, there was one, we were having lunch one day and two people said, well, it happened to both of them. So these things are happening all the time, but no one wants to talk about it. They think I'm crazy. They want to think that it's just my problem. But you know, the, or they know, think it, they, or they call it like uh, the mainstream calls it sleep paralysis. Okay, that's like the okay. that's like the secular uh, packaging. Yeah, thing. it's interesting that Jesus breaks that sleep paralysis, though, huh? Yeah, yeah, every time. But you know, in that place, we all know that 
that the enemy is the one that entices, right? And he's the one that tempts us. And so is he also the one that harasses us? Is he the one that torments us? And so for someone, I think that making it really clear that someone who is in Christ, a believer in Christ, there's an ownership in Christ. But they think, well, but I couldn't be attacked by the enemy. But I mean, Jesus in the wilderness, the temptation that he's facing is intense. And so for us to equip people and to help them understand their authority in Christ without going overboard and all the craziness that comes when people start talking about these demons. But the reality is you act like they're not there. It's like they're winning that battle. Right. So for us to face this reality, I had a, a young lady that went to Burning Man. She's oh, just no. a teacher in, in Venice. Yep. Okay? She's not a believer, but a she goes to this salon, and the lady that cuts her hair said, I know someone that can help you, and she brought her to meet with me. And, and by, by the way, really quick, uh, Burning Man is a, it's a, it's a big festival out. It's, it's up north, like yeah, by San Francisco. Nevada. Nevada. Oh, it's, yeah, it's in Nevada, and it's like a, I think it's like a week yep. festival. It's, I mean, just it's, it's mainstream now. I remember when the thing first started. My, we, my friends used to go to it. They wanted to take me, and I was like, they're like, we're getting on a plane, and they were smoking and doing drugs, flying in. I go, I am not going with you guys. Yeah. That was like years ago. And then yeah. it just like exploded. But so, yeah, this girl's going to go there. And what happened? Yeah. Well, the thing about Burning Man is there's no rules. Yes. Okay? So everything is shared. You can't, you can't spend money except maybe buying ice or water, but it's out in the middle of the desert. And so she goes in because it's this utopian environment. But it is definitely free love, and it is free everything. Yes. But this idea of 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 this, there's a giant burning man that's going to be actually burned on the final Saturday night. They also have a temple that they build, and that temple is going to—it's it's a place of worship, and it's going to get burned also. But through that week, there there's a lot going on, and music, music, spiritual, as you understand, and I think everybody understands. It's just that. That this, they have different spirits behind it. So they've got things going on there. So she just knows she went to spend that week, that 10 days there. She comes back and she says, I don't know what good is. And I don't know what God is, but I know that evil is real. Whoa. And she told the story. She said, this is what happened. She goes, I just got arrested in Venice. And I didn't know what was going on, but they told me after I had started a fire on the sidewalk and I had taken some coals, and I wrote these symbols on the wall, and they were like witchcraft symbols. She goes, I've never studied witchcraft. I don't know anything about it. But she goes, I know that I brought something back from Burning Man, and I know that that's what was behind this. Whoa. So meeting with her and saying, hey, well, let me, let me help you understand that we can, we can cast all these demons out. We can help you with this. This is real. What yes. You're, you're dealing with is real. And she, she was telling stories that I knew I dealt with people in the same way and that, that had dealt with the same things and, and said, but we got to start with something because we cast them out and you don't have something. If, if Christ is not there, if the Holy Spirit is yeah. not in you, they'll go get seven demons worse and they'll come and bring back and your house is going to be worse. So we got to start there. But she says, I'm not ready to do that. And she wasn't ready. No. She says, I, I want you to... Would you pray for protection? Would you do something? I said, yeah, I'll do that. But in the same way, for us to take authority over this, I just don't want it to be worse for you. And I, I even look back and think, would I do different if it were today? But she came back again, and she was not ready. But I mean, So she, she left with the demon. Yeah, and the, the last thing I knew is that we went 
to try to visit her in the in the state hospital or one oh of the county gosh. one of the county mental hospitals where right. they said it's just she has been taken over. But we got to talk to her family, and they said we just know she's this you know school teacher, um, and something happened, and we cannot explain it. And so then it just becomes a mental health issue. But the yeah, mental health professionals they, they don't know how to speak. They don't know how to deal with it either. They just they just sedate them. Yeah, and just keep them. Man, that verse, yeah. uh, the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. Yeah. That's that's the whole deal. Dude, that is so crazy. There was a there was a kid that I met with. Um, I think he was, I want to say he was 19. He was like 19 when I met with him. And basically, uh, long story short, I'm not going to tell you how he he got this demon. He went through some kind of ritual or whatever with this, with this guy, and basically he got this demon in him. But what was going on with him is that he was also walking through the street and he started manifesting and he started like wigging out, talking in different languages and on the bus and just just being a, being a ruckus in the street. So he would he kept getting arrested. So one of some guy that went to my church connected me with him to meet with him. But the same thing, they don't have control. Yeah, they don't have control. And and I the reason why I brought the story is because I kept trying to pray with him. I'm like, and he would have conversations with the demons. The demons would be showing him like images in his mind, and he'd be telling me what he would say, and he would have these conversations. And I'm like, dude. You got to like break this conversation. You got to you got to break communion with this demon, this relationship, and if you you got to ask for forgiveness so you could have this demon come out of you and you could be filled with the Holy Spirit. He did not want to let this relationship with this demon go. Yeah. And dude, he would not. I mean, he I, I met with him like three times and still he just kept manifesting. But he liked this conversation because demons will talk to them. They'll give them insight on 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 things. You know, not future, but like you know, they, demons have been around. They they talk, and. Uh, Dude, yeah, I finally I just said, look, dude, I can't help you. Like, you you don't even want to let this thing go. So, and I don't even know what happened to him. Yeah, crazy. It's tough. Yeah. But I think if we just keep bringing it back and say, how did Jesus handle it? Yes. So he'd go into synagogues, and sometimes there was a spirit that manifests and says, we know who you are. Mm -hmm. So even the the demons knew who Jesus was before his own disciples knew yeah. who he was. Mm -hmm. And so they're even saying, you know, what do you what do you want? What are you, you going to do? Yeah. You know, you think of this this woman, I think it's Luke 13, says she had a spirit of infirmity for 18 years, bent over. And it's not that everyone who's sick has a demon, that's for sure. Yeah, of course. But, but in that story, here is a woman who has a spirit that is cause of physical infirmity. So for us to realize that there's a lot going on in the world today that we would say that the enemy is trying to steal and kill and destroy— but realizing here, Jesus comes to give life abundantly, and that more abundantly. Heck so yeah. I think there are a lot of people, even a lot of Christians, that are oppressed and depressed. And, and I will say again, they are not possessed. Yep. But they are in a place where they're being afflicted and they're being beat up and they don't know how to stand up and they don't know how to put on the full armor of God. And so I think for us... This is a time that we've got to equip the body of Christ to, to go back and say, let's look at what Jesus did. Let's not go overboard. Let's not say a demon's behind everything. Yep. But for us to act like, like we'll, let's teach them, but let's not do, let's not what G, do what Jesus did in delivering them. Because I think a lot of people aren't free. And I think that we have been given authority in Christ to help some people get free. Yep, and I love that you guys are committed to it and seeing the young people that are, that are crying out because they can't do it on their own. 100%. Man, it is some crazy times for sure.
So, okay, so then you, so up there, you've been running into a lot of new age. What, what do you think the main religion is that the, like up in the LA area? Like, is it just more like the new age or? Well, I think, I think people don't understand a lot of what's going on. I, I think that what's happening now is blended religion. So it's like coexist. A, a new, yeah, well, a new spirituality, not just coexist, but if I, I want a new Buddhism, which means I want everything the, the, the traditions of Buddhism I want to learn from, and I will learn how to meditate and quiet myself, but I don't want to have to give up my materialistic things. And I want some Hinduism. I don't want it to go too crazy, but like tantric yoga is where you invite spirits into your sexual experience. Tantric or, yoga? Yeah. So, and it's like commonplace now, which is so bizarre to me that you would invite spirits in, that you're I mean, and there's things happening. I mean, you talked about Coachella. I mean, it's happening this weekend, and you think anything goes there, right? I mean, I, I mean, like I love music. You time. love music, but it's like, <laughs> yeah. hey, anything goes. But we, I believe, even with some of those EDC, which are Electric Daisy Carnival, used to be in L.A. Now it's in in Vegas, and there's like three hundred thousand kids are going to come. And what are they looking for? I think they're seeking God. I think they just want to, you know, maybe do a little molly or whatever and, and see if I could get to God through yeah. the back door. I'm going to get some music. I'm going to be with my friends. I just want to feel love, but I want to experience something more than I'm experiencing. And so, you know, if, if you could release some of those endorphins and make me feel really good, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. But even if it has an effect on me. And so I think it's people seeking God, young people seeking God, just saying, let's try another way. And and I think it comes back to, to what we're talking about here. 100%. Yeah, it's very interesting uh, times for sure. So um, also, what, how's the, uh, like, have you seen a lot of atheism in, in your area? Or is it more like people are like, the, the, like Charlie uh, Campbell would say, uh, the salad bar of, of religion, you know, the Buddhism, the Christianity. Yeah, I, don't, I, think there's, I think there are fewer and fewer atheists. Really? Not yeah. Well, I think they're spiritual. See, people because everyone wants to, yeah everyone wants to be spiritual yeah. like it seems like to me actually the older like older like the young kids are more like atheism but I feel like the older generation you know like I guess my age and up they're more like spiritual everyone's like yeah I'm very spiritual that's what I hear with the the older folks so it's interesting to to think well what are those those kids thinking right now yeah what is that they're embracing I know that they were raised with um, with witchcraft. They're raised with Harry Potter, right? Yeah, it's true. So they're raised being able to learn that, you know, you can somehow bring power towards you. You can attract it if you do certain things. Let's experiment. So experiment, you know, casual sex is, is commonplace now, right? Mm -hmm. So even this microdosing, which is such a big deal. And we've got all these. So you got Google by us. You got Snapchat. You got all these, these young techies that... They, they've got to work on Monday, so they're microdosing with – you understand that? Wait, wait. No, okay. wait. Microdose is what? They're microdosing on small amounts of LSD. LSD or I read that a, long, okay. a while ago. So anything. They'll, they'll just small amounts. But I, I, That's what I thought you were talking about. Yeah. I'm like, I read this in an article yeah. that these guys were doing small doses of LSD. Yeah, but the, they're also – they're going to go back to work on, on Monday at, at Snapchat. So – when you That's you insane. look at Santa Monica's got all the music, all the music industry yeah. executives are there. You got a lot of post production and pre production in Hollywood. Yeah, right. So you got a lot of people very influential that are saying, "Well, 
but I need something more. It's a little bit so more. ayahuasca. I just ayahuasca, I just yep. talked with a young lady that just she just went to the Amazon in Peru and 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 she was just sharing that I'm going to go and my friend said I should probably talk to you but I just said well why and she said I want to I want to go to that deep place and deal with some of the stuff in the past I I want to find out who I am I want clarity yeah. and I said but you're willing to to go into this forest yeah. out in the middle of nowhere and have this shaman do put a ritual ritual in this in this stuff in a cauldron that he's heating up you're going to drink and you're going to go into another uh, realm, yeah. And she goes, yes, but I'm willing to go there. That's very. We have a couple minutes left. That's very common. They're, you know, they have actually a an area in Brooklyn. It wasn't like in the New York Times where they had a shaman in the, in Brooklyn and they were doing all these rituals. I had a couple friends mm. that actually went out to that, and um, oh, yeah, it, I've it, heard so many war stories of like them, like they either see like god heads or they see like demons yeah. or they have like hell experiences. Like, I mean. That's a good way to have a demon slide right into your body, you yeah. know, through all that stuff. Yeah. Well, we got we got two minutes left. Um, any uh, any last words for? Uh, well, let, let's talk to people. Maybe they're 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 going through this stuff. Yeah. What's the way out? Well, I think being in a place to be able to say, let's go back and look at Jesus. Yep. Let's look at his story and the people he dealt with, because those are people just like us. Yes. And they, they have different stories, and some of them have a horrible past. Some of them come from a great family, but they're dealing with something right now that they can't overcome on their own. Right. So whatever that is, Jesus, just find the stories. Go back to Matthew. Go back to Mark. Go to Luke. Go to John. Go to someone that you trust that, and say, listen, I, I want to be free. Now, the Bible says that who the Son sets free is free indeed. And it says a greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. So we know that... Satan is the god of this world. He's the prince of the power of the air, the airwaves, literally. And so the reality is you need to stay really close to Jesus. So for someone out there that says, I believe, I really believe in Jesus, and I, I, I think now it's time for you to get really close to him. And not because of what someone else says. It's not because of your parents. It's not because if you're, you're older and saying it's not because I was raised or forced or whatever it may be. But to be able to go back and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open my heart up and I'm going to draw near. And I'm because I need that protection. But I think that Paul says to put on the full armor of God. And when the day of evil comes, when that attack is coming against you, you got those feet shot with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You got a belt of truth. You got a breastplate of righteousness and a helmet of salvation. You got a shield of faith that it says will extinguish all the fiery darts of the enemy. And you got the sword of the spirit, the word of God. You get that armor in Christ, but you got to put it on and you got to stand. It says, when the day, you know, the, those days are going to come and go, but you're going to be left standing, but you got to put it on. And after you've done all this, you got to pray and you got to keep praying in all of these ways. And I just think it comes back to those simple truths. And those are the things, Ryan, you guys have been talking about here and when you, everywhere you go. So for that person who's listening, cry out to the Lord, ask him to, to just to protect you, but find someone that can help you if you feel like you're being beat up or tormented or oppressed or depressed. But someone that's not going to just go over the top. Just someone that's going to give you Jesus and nothing more. There it is there. And you could say a simple prayer just right now, wherever you're at. If you're going to listen to this later on YouTube or you're listening to it live, just say, Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I'm a sinner. I need you in my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and reveal yourself to me. And 
And that's that simple. So thank you for being on the air. Yeah. This was Thanks. amazing. We'll see you guys, or we'll be talking to you guys next week. Love you. This has been Live with Ryan Reese. To connect or find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for Live with Ryan Reese.